right, everybody. I'm on today with Tony DeGraw. Tony is the the host of the Signal Path podcast, also the Signal Path Facebook group. Uh, He also is a co-host of the Texas State Boggle Champions podcast with previous previous interviewee Joe O'Rourke. So what's going on, Tony? Hey, that's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. And, uh, doing doing really great. Uh, got a lot of new things on the horizon. Always staying busy. Yeah. Um, it seems like, you know, being uh, part of this crew that we are part of with the uh, Just Surprise Me guys, it's like there's always something else popping up. Yeah, man, I tell you, like, there's always um, a, we're a live crowd, I would say that, and always uh, being entertainers on call. (laughs) Right. So uh, imagine what it's like being on call as an EMS, but I think we're entertainers on call. You know, it's funny because, you know, um, I was just listening to the last episode of Just Surprised Me today, and, uh, you know, for one, it was fun having Joe's dad on, but for two you know somebody couldn't make it and they were like hey tony you want to sit in so i'm just crazy that's pretty nice uh (laughs) being so busy i tell people that i have to start scheduling my blinks and my heartbeats because (laughs) just don't know when to fit it in there but dude i'm telling you just go for it man like um i try to make sure my family first that's that's the that's the thing I, i guess a mutual agreement between all of us but you know, if it fits in with your free time, and we just do it, man. Rock it out. Yeah, see, now th- that is the uh, convenient thing for me because, I, you know, I'm married, but I don't have any kids. You know, and you, you got a couple, right? Uh, I have four kids in okay. the range of a one-year-old to a 17-year-old. Oh, yeah, so I'm sure the teenagers are keeping you busy on top of, on top of that one-year-old keeping you a different kind of busy. Uh, it is a mixed barrel of emotions. <laughs> yeah. One's, one screaming and crying because that's its primary form of communication. Cause you got to figure out what the cry means and the other ones can audibly tell you, but they choose not to cause they're teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm, I kind of, I was talking to somebody yesterday at work and I was saying, you know, I'm, I kind of feel blessed that I haven't, you know, been blessed with children because you know not for a lack of trying should i say so okay well, um, i'm not um i'm not condemning people without kids or anything like that that's everybody's personal choice especially a family you know family planning is uh crucial but even as just being a spouse and uh being married and i think your spouse has to sign up for your shenanigans overall i mean that's the mutual part of being married right right yeah and i just you know, I got kind of convenient uh, with my wife because we both have unconventional schedules. You know, uh, <laughs> for for years she was on just straight midnights. Uh, recently, uh, she started a new job. I don't know, six months ago, and uh, she was on mostly days. But now uh, she's out of training and she's going into a rotating schedule where she's going to do four weeks of nights, then two weeks of days, and two weeks of afternoons. So, Golly. yeah, like, I could not imagine that schedule. Um, yeah, no, I like 
my schedule is weird enough and I've worked I've worked schedules where like I'd have to get up at one in the morning to be to work at three. You know, and yeah, that's just that's just weird as it is. So um so with the let's go into the signal path, man. Um I think yeah. what you're about fourteen episodes in now. Uh on the podcast, yeah, but it's about a year and a half for the whole channel. I would say channel. It's really a group. And we're uh, just a bunch of guys that, I say guys, it's guys and gals, and um, we just share content and stuff, and it started with effects and pedals, guitar gear, that kind of thing, but I was really trying to give a safe haven for all those, uh, you know, like, you kind of got the gear page um, pretentiousness and judgment, I was trying to, you know, create a pretentious free environment where people can really express themselves get mm-hmm. express you know pedals eh. so, um, <laughs> nice. we were trying to uh just make it um you could literally share anything and dude like even like one of our newest members his name's uh alien fingers uh and uh this dude is just a shred head and could do could probably play like 240 beats per minute but everybody oh, craps on this guy all the time. But he's like super supportive and and positive all the time, even though people hate on him. I'm like, why y'all got hate on people? It just you know, because it's really art. It and it's subjective. Oh yeah, yeah. Every everybody makes stuff completely differently. Um, I'm just trying to think. You know, you said his name is Alien Fingers, and the first thing that came to my mind was like, he sounds like somebody who'd probably want to play with Buckethead. Uh, maybe. I don't know how much music theory he knows, but he can definitely uh, get across the fretboard pretty quick. <laughs> and, um, I'm not trying to throw the guy under the bus or anything like that, but he's, um, he's just a phenomenal fast guy. <laughs> and that's something that I kind of envy because I can't do. You know, give me yeah, give me chords and chugga chuggas all day long, <laughs> right? Well, I don't have the fingers. This yeah, my left hand won't do what it needs to do. Oh yeah, fret hand is important. Um, I, I honestly use a lot of safety techniques at work to make sure I don't smash my fingers because that's my bread and butter, man. <laughs> so, uh, what do you, what do you do for what do you do for your job? Currently, well, I'm I'm now an I'm now an analyst, so I'm now white collar, but before then I I worked in warehousing and um previous to my job now I worked at like FedEx for three years, so it was a lot of pinch points and that kind of thing. And everybody keeps talking about like my uh beard and stuff, but like I never got it caught in a conveyor or anything like that. But I'm always um safety conscience. I always say safety first, but I think they should say safety third. I think it's really like pants first and then coffee. And then safety third or something. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! See, uh, I used yeah. to be I used to be a safety officer. So I, every time that we do a training, I'd remind everybody: safety first is safety always. Yeah, safe. Yeah, that's that OSHA saying they brainwashed you with, right? <laughs> um, I you know I don't know where I heard it, but because uh, I mean, of course, we had the OSHA, but uh, it was with the fire department, so we also had the NFPA. Uh, the National Fire Protection Agency. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if I don't know if I got it hit from you know a uh, uh, from a conference I was at or just some other training or whatever. But 
yeah, I caught it somewhere and yeah, that that one sticks. That's one that nomenclature that comes with safety. They say safety first, safety always. But I'm the reason why they have safety meetings. Is what I tell everybody. I push those boundaries. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah. uh, let's hop back here. You're uh, you said you've been working for about a year and a half on the page, and that uh, that's the uh, your YouTube page, that's which the is path. oh, that's the signal path. Yeah. Uh, the group. We have Which, just under 2,000 members. This thing. Yeah, we started this whole thing with like making challenges and just kind of making fun of music and music stuff. And the first thing I wanted to do was like a fight club. And you don't talk about fight club, right? Well, we're in the fight club, meaning in the private group. And everybody's like, you can't talk yeah. about fight club. I'm like, but we're at fight club. Like, you can talk about fight club. So uh, we did the first effect and we did a fuzz war. So the fuzz war was like, you bring your fuzz and you're going to make some noise and we, we see which one everybody votes on. So it, totally subjective. But man, everybody had a blast. Oh, yeah. Honestly, uh, Doug Christ, he put his uh, fat guy little coat up there and he actually placed third in that competition. The the um, and that's fat great. guy little coat went up against the big muff and the fuzz face and all the heavy hitters, man. And he came up in third. So that says a lot, you know, like even for me and uh, the, the love of the game. So uh, we did those challenges and everybody liked it. Yeah, let's do another. So I gave I gave the power to the people and the power to the people was you guys vote on what we're doing next. So I always give it back to them. And that page is I'm trying to tell everybody that page is not about me. It is exclusively for the people to share their content. And that's the reason why it's there today. So that's what we that's what we did. Pelty. the the signal path is just a private facebook group that i started and they had um started basically where we can just hang out and have fun but do that over facebook well facebook's not the best platform but that's the facebook groups that we're using today so and i post a lot of memes i'm i'm sure people do not take me serious but i don't take myself serious like as even as an artist i like to have fun and entertain people and if those people are having fun don't be the uh sap sucker you know yeah um so what i was trying to say when my earbuds turned off was you know i know you said that you know it's kind of like a, a safe group for for all of us weirdos but i think that makes it a fun group dude i have every flavor of person you can think of in that group like, I'm not even kidding. And it was, for me, it's an outreach to reach different people of other cultures and class and people of all shapes and sizes. I mean. Yeah, because, I mean, I've seen, you know, homeless people with guitars. And then, you know, we've, we've all seen the John Mayers and, you know, all those guys who could buy my whole neighborhood. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I have the pros to the regular Joes, as I say, and I say me, but it's not me. It's really we. Like, you're in that group, too, man. Like, you're part of TSP. Um, but, you know, if if it wasn't for you, that, uh, you know, everybody wouldn't have coalesced. Yeah, I'm just more or less the referee. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't even make the rules, so it's kind of like wrestling, man. Somebody will throw a chair in the ring, and I have to say, am I letting this? Yeah, we'll let the chair fly for a second. Yeah, when it gets out of hand, I that's really when you're like, sorry, guys. 
Yeah, ring the bell. This this match is over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pure entertainment. It really is. Uh, you had mentioned uh, 37 effects, Doug Chris's company with his fat guy little coat. And yeah, I can see why that thing ended up getting to third place because I got one on my board right now. Dude, that's what's up. Yeah, so I'm all about supporting small businesses too. And that's how I met a lot of you guys, especially a lot of the pedal builders that are out there and uh, guitar manufacturers and podcasters. I mean, we're all kind of do-it-yourself. And a lot of us uh, run solo. And really, it was just trying to put the all those heads together in one place. And, dude, I have, like, mortal enemies in that page, and they get along. It's just unbelievable. Oh, that's great. See? and Yeah. Because it's, it's that which bring us, brings us together, you know? I mean, we're all, we're all on that, that search for tone, and, you know, we're try, trying to chase the dragon, and we're never going to find it. <laughs> or hopefully we do. Hey, I, I have a couple of guys, and I'm serious. They're like tone nirvana, meaning that they've reached their peak, and they know exactly what to do with what pedal, and some of them can run MIDI. They really know exactly what they want. They can walk in the studio, plug in four things, and said, I'm recording this, and get her done, you know, pitter-patter. Yeah. And they just straight up, man, like, they, they got that tonal palette is what I call. They, you know, and it comes with experience. But uh, some of them have a very wide collection, and some of them have a very simple board, and some can plug straight in the amp. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't always have to be a pedal board, but, you know, everybody's like, oh, this is a pedal board page. I said, really, it's a content page. That's what I'm trying to explain to everybody. It's really like you... You bring your own art and you show it off. It's like show and tell in yeah. kindergarten, you know. Yeah, and that, you know that that's really fun. And now, so you've been doing the page for a year and a half, but now you're, are you doing the uh, the podcast weekly or how are you going about about the podcast for it? Gosh, yeah. Well, um. I have people that ask all the time to be guests and I try to just fit them in their schedule and, and work on their time. I do try to publish it by Wednesdays. Um, cause I just thought, um, maybe like that's kind of just middle of the week and hump day and people can get over hump day by listening to the TSP podcast or something. Right. I don't know what I was thinking, but I've been trying to do it weekly. It is a challenge because, uh, people's schedules like i got a i got a couple that are kind of floating right now they're um they were going to be on one week and they're like yeah i can't make it and then i I had something pop up for me and having to reschedule somebody is that's tough too because you don't want to break people's trust you just that's why i said just get her done man like and make it happen and i just had like a school function i had to be at with one of the kids and i had to reschedule and i apologized like so much to the guy and I've yet to get them on, so, like, I got a few that are in backlog that are, you know, it's really up to me and them at the same time, so it's really a mutual time. Kind of like how we met up for, for today, too, is, you know, I try to make sure that I make time for everybody, and I'm always helpful and always enjoying to help people. Yeah, and, you know, I, you know, being that, uh, you know, I'm pretty new with, with this, too, I think this is going to be episode 12, Um I'm finding the same thing where it's difficult. Like uh, one of my buddies that I've known since high school has a new album coming out and I messaged him cause uh, one of his friends was like, one of the guys I think produced the album was like, Oh, Hey, you know, Justin's got a new album coming out. 
you should hit him up. So I hit him up and he's like, yeah, man, I work midnights. It's a little hard for me to get time. And it's like, I, I, I work one day on two days off. So just give me some days, you know, um, I'm usually pretty flexible. So, uh, but yeah, just, and that, and then trying to find people, you know, like, I don't know if you've gone out, um, and you know, well, gone to I, I Instagram or JSM when I had to, yeah, I had a guy reschedule and I was like, Hey, my guests drop out and one of y'all guys jump on. And Joe was gracious enough just to jump on. And it was like an extra Texas state boggle champs episode, but we talked about gear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I listened to that one. I liked that one. Um, I also, what, dude, we just wing it, man. I'm telling you, it's just like wing it. Just dude. chicken wing it, it. It's that natural chemistry that works out every single time. You know, people love hearing stories too. And I, I try not to just kind of get everything and, you know, shoot a barrel of fish and just let them all out. I try to let the conversations be natural as much as possible. That I'm, I'm trying to just share some tips and tricks with you. Oh, yeah, no, I understand. And, um, and actually, and Joe, like if- Joe, Joe will tell you this, that he's a derailer, meaning that he'll go off topic and immediately, and you just kind of go with that tangent. Right. And um, I'm used to that. I play I play music by ear, and I've I've listened to guys like Zappa and Steve I like ad lib and playing worship music. Sometimes you go into spontaneous worship and that kind of stuff too, so you really kind of know the flow. But you know the flow, and then the flow kind of goes a different direction. You just kind of go with it, man. Like that's that's what I tell everybody. Which you know that I love about the music thing. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse me, um, as. If you can see here, I'm wearing my Dead and Company shirt, huge, yeah. huge Deadhead, and some <laughs> of the things that I love the most is like the space sections when they're coming out of the drum solo, or uh, there's this one record I have that's supposedly like their longest song they ever played live, and it's like playing in the band for 48 minutes, but they do like the yeah. first, the first verse, first chorus, and then just go out into the middle of the universe with the music and everybody's like just jamming, doing their own thing. And, you know, this person says something musically and this person comes back at it. And, you know, that that's one thing I love about, about music is it doesn't have to be as linear as the radio makes it. Dude, that would be funny about that. You know how pads work and you can hit the sustain button and kind of walk away from the keyboard? Yeah. And it's like auto sustain. Mm-hmm. I would do that and just walk away and we're like, here's a solo and be like one note, boo. <laughs> <laughs> just like sidestep the stage and go get a drink and then come back. <laughs> See, and um, well, for one, there's the, uh, uh, who makes that pedal? Is it uh, Electro Harmonics makes the freeze pedal? It kind of yeah, it kind of does that exactly so you can that. do it with the guitar. But uh, yeah, it's latching, yeah. I want to think how long ago has it been? Oh my God, it's been almost twenty years that I got my first looper pedal, and I'm still playing. Yeah. I'm still playing Boss Loopers, but I used to play bar gigs, <laughs> and I had a looper, and I was on I was on wireless at first. So when I was on wireless, I'd just walk up to the bar and be like, "Hey, we need two more drinks up at the stage," and then walk back. You know, like 20 people in the bar, <laughs> no big deal. But then yeah. uh, then after a while, I went back onto a cable. So I'd, I'd hit that looper. I'd, you know, loop a couple sections, hit the thing, be like, okay, go into the bar, go in to get a beverage, go to the bathroom, and then I'll come back. Everybody's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That's fun. It, it's fun. It's kind of stupid. But, you know, at least uh, it doesn't stop everything. And you know 
get people's attention going elsewhere. Yeah, and I'll, to be honest with you, like if you're in a room full of 50 or 100 people, a lot of them are really not paying attention to every detail of the band. They're there having a conversation with their friends and just having a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the majority yeah. of the time. I mean, you, you might have that one or two people latched in. <laughs> yeah, well, it's usually the people that are there to see the band and not really just there to hang out. And I see that a lot. I mean, it's really hard to garner people just to like, hey, come come check out my band dude i've played shows with like two and three people so like oh, oh yeah i know exactly what that's like but those two and three people are fully engaged to every note you're playing so you're there playing your heart out and so those are some of the funnest shows i've played to because they can they have freedom to call and respond you're like hey you having a good time they're like yeah hey play this song and you better be able to play that song dude. <laughs> right that's how you get loyal organic fans but i mean it's a very hard hard road to hoe as they say in gardening so that's uh but you know from from our previous talks you sound like you've got like just a plethora of tunes in the head you know you um my brain does not shut off unfortunately like right now i was telling you about earache my eye yeah like i got cheech and chong stuck in my head right now like while i'm talking to you because i just i always have some kind of music stuck in my head and it could it can go from anything literally and I don't, I, I mean, to, to learn things note for note, like I have five hours worth of music that I have to know note for note right now that people will come up and put money in the tip jar and they're like, play this. And I have to be able to play it. Right. Like, you know, that's, now, that's is that, the kind of band I play in. Um, is that for like a party band, bar band type thing? Yeah, that's in the band I play in called Rust Bucket that you'll see every now and again. I make posts of where we're playing at locally. Okay. And... You know, I play at church uh, as well. Like, for me, everything's an outreach from that point. And everybody's like, how do you play at a bar on Saturday night and then Sunday morning play in church? I was like, because Jesus died for everybody. And that's just my personal belief. Right. And I'm not trying to sound preachy on your show or anything, but just I have personal convictions that, um, you know, everything that I say and do will reflect everything I've done eternally. And I just want to make sure that it's not it's really not about me man that's why i try to tell people you know i just try to show love to everybody and in a natural way not to be weird or anything like that but you know i just really try to you know um find what people like and try to connect with them on that and music does it man like m music immediately gets my foot in the door and i'm like hey what's your favorite song and that you know everybody's had never heard anybody in my life saying i don't like music at all whatsoever like no noise no nothing everybody loves music man right um you know and i think really what it all comes down to is being a good human and trying to put more good into the world yeah and that that's that's almost summing up to you know everything in the two commandments but uh, um for me i'm taking the red letter saying that you know jesus basically told us to love god with all your heart and to, to love your neighbor as yourself that's what everybody calls the golden rule today you know and honestly uh i abide by that i mean the the good citizen part um honestly it's just um I'm not here to police anybody, man. Like, I, I'm not going to beat people over the head with the Bible or anything. I'm just going to show them, um, you know, like, we can we can get stuff done, you know. And I'm, I'm worried about people eternally, but I don't have to I don't have to be preachy to them or anything like that, you know. Yeah. 
I just wanted to be able to show people that, you know, they matter and everything, everything works out in the end. If, if you, you know, trust and believe, but I shouldn't have to, you know, like <laughs> literally a uh, Bible bash or anything like that. And that kind of stuff. I mean, everybody has some kind of uh, trust in the, I would say a moral compass in some form or another, but yeah, there's only one way for me. And that's, that's, that's what I believe. But, um, as far as the music and everything, man, I tell you, like, I just, note for note, um, it moves people, man. It's an emotion. It's, um, what, what makes you boogie is boogie music, man. And people love to have fun. Um, you know, don't, you know, if you don't like something, you don't have to ruin the fun for somebody else. I'm about quoting Letterkenny here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, Joe turned me on that show lately. I've just been watching it and been making fun of uh all the little catchphrases and everything that's so many of them in there oh yeah there's so much in that show i i love it yeah um i think i i got on the bandwagon a little late like all my friends had already seen like the six seasons that were out by then and now i think they're up to 10 yeah but you know i mean yeah i'm still on season three and uh honestly uh that's what I appreciate about you, because uh, you guys have turned me on that in the last month. I've never even heard of it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, gosh. And and our friend Andrew's probably been watching it for a year longer than us. Uh, he lives in Canada. I think that must be like secondhand nature for them to know every Canadian show out there. They they, but, uh, they have to. I mean, hell, he has, a, he has a whole podcast about Canadian bands, so... Dude, that podcast is something, man. Like, I wish they had something like that in the United States. But, uh, I mean, he's regional with his, too. And I'm sitting there thinking, there's nothing in my area between the Carolinas. Dude, I'm going to tell you, the music scene in the Carolinas just suck. Like, it's really hard to get gigs. And, you know, everybody migrates to uh, Atlanta and Nashville because those that's where everybody's at. Yeah. And for here, it's just a, it's weekend warriors like myself that just, you know, do the bar gigs and churches and all that. So that's... It's kind of dead here, and it's unfortunate, but we make it happen because, you know, people want to have a good time, you know, regardless, and that's that's kind of what I bring to the table. You know, um, northern Indiana is kind of the same way. Uh, you know, we got a pretty decent group of the, of the young kids doing, like, the heavy metal hardcore stuff, but when it comes down yeah. to people our age playing there you know there there's a couple few bands there's really one place in the area that that plays people um you know they get uh bands like uh, i'm trying to think who my friend uh my friend chase his band is opening for hinder soon and then uh oh, wow. i had another band or another friend whose band opened up last month for uh the pretenders so you know they they get decent like yeah club acts and you know of course it's it's like a i want to say 800 to a thousand seat club so you know you're not getting your bigger acts into, into there but you know they've they've brought some decent names dude you got a chicago background too and that that's that's also what i appreciate about you because uh my wife's from uh chicago land area but uh, more South Chicago, Kankakee, Moments area, too. So uh, Illinois has somewhat of that, but I almost picture that place like Letterkenny because it's Midwest. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out of Chicago. Um, 
you know, I know you guys probably talked pizza with Blake and all that. So do you, do you prefer a Chicago pie over like the New York stuff or? Um, so the, the thing about the Chicago pie that I like is I like what is just like your everyday Chicago pizza. Um, the, uh, the deep dish pizza that's like tourist pizza and like yeah. celebration pizza. Oh, you graduated. We're going to get some deep dish. But when you order pizza on a Friday, you're getting a 16 inch that's, you know, almost cracker thin, cut into squares. <laughs> you and your little brother are fighting for the corners, you know, because you get four, four little triangle pieces at the corners. Um, yeah. So that's what that's what I like. There's uh, I haven't had I haven't been to New York, so I haven't had legitimate New York pizza. But there's one place in Chicago that does like the big floppy slices that I've had. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I do appreciate that too, but I like that crackery crust. Yeah. That, um, there's a place I'm trying to find it in my mints. Cause my wife loves this place every time she goes back home. Cause it, they, they're right there in the, the Kankakee river. And, uh, I think it's closed now. Actually, I think COVID killed it, but, um, Actually, it's called Moments Cafe now. It used to be just a pizza, you know, the the pizza shop. But um, they have about every style of pizza you can think of, even from New York style. But um, here we had like faux New York places. Like there's a place called Luigi's, and there's this pizza called the Wagon Wheel, and it's like a thirty inch pizza that's just, you know, grease is an extra topping on it <laughs> nice. because it's literally just straight grease, pepperoni, and cheese, man, on a thin crust. I couldn't even eat three slices of that pizza, but man, it's just, it's delicious. And I've had the deep dish and stuff. I just don't discriminate when it comes to that, but, um, it's unwanted carbs and I have to work out extra at the gym every time I do. So, Oh, but, uh, you know what? I, I haven't, I, it's funny. I've, I've had a gym membership again for about a year and I've went three times. But I'm on this weight loss wow. journey now where I've lost 20, 25 pounds now uh, over the... Yeah, tell me about that. So all I've been doing, because like I ended up, uh, I went to the doctor, I want to say either the day before or the day of um, St. Patrick's Day. And I mm -hmm. went there and they weighed me and they said, you know, in the past six months, you've gained eight pounds. And I was up to 286 and I'm like, oh wow, you know, this is the most I've ever weighed. I'm five eleven, so um, not even not even hitting that six foot foot plateau. But yeah, I was two eighty six, and I was like, okay, I need to make a change. So what I did is, mm -hmm. um, I got the, well, I I actually I still had it from the last time I tried losing weight, is an app from Under Armour called My Fitness Pal. Mm -hmm. And you put in how much you weigh what you want to get down to, how much you want to lose a week. And, you know, like generally I think I put in two, I wanted to lose a whole two a week. And then it said that I've got 1,940 calories a day. And every time I eat something, I put it in there. And, you know, there's sometimes yeah. I'll go a little bit lighter on lunch or on dinner just so that I can like have a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, those sacrifices, that's what I want to get to because, like, my wife and I, my wife sold Advocare for 10 years now, 
and uh, she lost over 110 pounds. Oh wow! Uh, on those programs, yeah, and she lost that in one year. And uh, I mean, after having our last uh, our last two kids in that time span, so she's uh, put on weight and lost it again. So we we're kind of regiment on having a healthy lifestyle, but dude, I can have a a candy bar for lunch and then like work out and then like have like a, a pizza for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like That's bad for a diet, man, but it's really the caloric intake and what you burn and your core and your genetic makeup. I mean, there's just some things you can't avoid. You can't avoid that. You're so busy. You have to go through a drive through that night to make sure the kids get fed and that kind of thing too. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting at. So, you know, those sacrifices, like you said, uh, you know, skip lunch so you know you can have ice cream, which is like four to 500 calories on a like a three-scoop bowl or whatever. But uh, Per cup. Yeah, I went to that Halo top there for a while, man. I, you know, I, I really appreciate that because that had the uh, coconut oil and had a little bit more protein. It was more keto like, and I've tried the keto diets and stuff like that too. But the Halo Top is that something like they sell in they sell in pints at the grocery store? Yeah, it's like a single pint, single serving. You can actually eat half now and half later, and still even have less calories. But uh, okay, it's really the um, the net carb intake because it's more of the South uh, South Beach keto style diet, where it's uh, more fats than carbs. So your net carbs is what you're trying to get low on that. But um, I just sent that as a treat. But honestly, I'm more of a meat guy, man. Like, I want a steak. I want a burger. And, you know, I, I just can't give up red meat. And plus, I used to lift a lot. I, I was in wrestling when I was in high school and that kind of thing. So I'm used to trying to bulk up and then trying to get ready for wrestling season. And that kind of stuck with me since I was, like, 15. So Yeah, see, I didn't have that. I kind of go through seasons. Um. I want to say from about the from the time I was probably a sophomore in high school until the age of twenty six, I was um, one hundred and fifty pounds, and then I started packing oh, wow. them on. But the thing was, is like I could eat all day long and never gain anything. But then I then I started this job, and there's a lot of lifting and moving and stuff with this job, you know, and. Yeah. Human beings aren't small and you got to lift and move them weird. So, um, <laughs> you can't take a forklift with you in the ambulance. No, no. And, you know, uh, occasionally you need to, you know, call out a crane company and tear off the side of a trailer or something. But, you know, that that's few and far between, at least. Um, but uh, call the fire department for that. one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Somebody's got to cut the side off. I'm, I'm just there for medical help. Uh but um, what's it called? So I started doing this job, and then yeah. within six months, I got into the fire academy. So I was bulking up because of you know doing that stuff in the fire academy. So I think when me and my wife went, uh, met, I was 185 pounds, and like kind of built like a brick shit house, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. And and then Just thick. Yeah. yeah, and. Uh, you know, then I wasn't working so hard because I wasn't in the academy anymore. My job is really sedentary. I sit on my ass until a call comes in. So, uh, <laughs> that and well, 
my girl can cook and well, bake. You're like the Ghostbusters for people. Yeah. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she can cook uh, she can cook and bake, you know, so like I can't turn that stuff down all the time. But yeah, that yeah, that's where it got hard and you just gotta enjoy life. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to go YOLO, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And you know what? Um everybody, you know, like you see the uh the thing that they throw at you your whole life, like, oh, women have to have to look like this, and guys are supposed to look like Channing Tatum, and it's like stereotype. Yeah, the stereotype, and it's like, no, everybody has their own body style, like, and you got to be comfortable uh, our, in your skin. All of our DNA is like, yeah, we're all like a snowflake, man. Like when it comes to DNA, we're all unique in that in that sense, and that's I would say by our creator. But I'm um. I'm full firmly believe that everybody is different and everyone is beautiful in their own way. Just like Ray Stevens, man. Like I'm telling you, like I firmly believe that. Yeah. And I, I think it's true too, you know, but like, I think the hard thing and you know, I mean, I've been there too is you, if you hate yourself, then you got to try and find something to change. Cause I, I hated myself for a long time. You know, I, uh, I haven't made it any, uh, uh, any mystery here that I've suffered with depression for 23 years now. Um, you know, some days are good. Some days are bad. I was actually, I was, I was feeling like super crap up until about five minutes into talking with you. Oh, wow, man. So like, well, I'm hoping I'm trying to encourage you in, 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 in all my shenanigans. I know I post a lot of memes and I'm always laughing at everything, but dude, if I can get people to laugh, that's that's my high, dude. Like I'm telling you, I, I love entertaining people. And when I get a, you know, the pop, as they say, you get a hand clap or people laughing or whatever that is. That's just such a release for me. And that's that's how I overcame mine. But I've never really had, a, I would say, a serious mental issue or anything like that. But this is May and it's Mental Awareness Month. I have a lot of friends that suffer from it. Uh, personally, I have family members, uh, direct family members that suffer with it, too. And that, I mean, they had to use medication and everything. Stress is a problem. I've had to deal with a lot of high stress levels myself, but I'm telling you, you find something you love doing, and for some reason, you, you get in a bad spot where you're like, I don't want to play guitar anymore. That doesn't sound like Tony. And I had to sit there and evaluate myself. Why do I feel like that? And realize I just, maybe I'm doing too much. So what I did is I wrote down a list of things, and I don't know if this is helping you in any way, but this helped me. I wrote down a list. Am I doing too much? And I made bullet points, mm -hmm. dude. And I got a I got a I got an eight and a half eleven piece of paper. That's an in inches, Andrew, not centimeters. A so, <laughs> uh, piece of paper that's a a bullet point list, and I wrote down over eighty eight bullet points of things that I'm doing. And I'm like, that is not efficient of my time. And I'm an efficiency manager, like at work, like I'm the one that you know, I'm the one cutting corners to make us qualitative and efficient, a well oiled machine. Yeah. And here I am not being efficient with my own time in life. And I realized that I needed to put the screen down. And I'm sure you've seen my screen time journey in the last few months. I'm like, dude, I was doing 10 to 14 hours of screen time. My eyes hurt. I was just wore out answering everybody's questions. I enjoy helping people, but I was, I was like, am I really draining myself? So I've had to throttle it in a way that I would say, no, Tony, you need to answer this when you go to lunch break. And I'm just, I'm always there. And that's why people really depend on me a lot yeah. because I'm like always there. But then I realized that like, really, my time is just as equally important as their time. 
and I'm trying to make sure I reach out to everybody and, and spend time with them accordingly. But um, trying to use the fewest words to say, I had to work on my communication, work on myself. I had to take classes on this, um, how to be impactful. And it, for me, this was not just for work. This is like for the signal path, podcast, everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not trying to sound meta or anything like that, but, you know, I I realized that I live in a universe of four-dimensional time space that every photon knows every photon what they're doing and i just i think that's uh you know there's an omnipresence there that's always watching me to keep me straight too but you know make the most out of every single day and that's really hard to do it's easy to say and people put that on a meme and a kitty cat poster for inspiration but i'm telling you man i just i'm trying to live my life to the fullest trying to provide for my kids to the fullest provide for my wife to the fullest and just provide to everybody i possibly can and I, I think my time management is literally just like, what can I do to help somebody? Creating that page was one thing, but man, I tell you, it, it, it was much more bigger than the page. It really was a, an impactful thing for my coping mechanism because I, I did suffer with uh, sadness and depression, but I, I wanted to find a natural remedy. So I started going to the gym. So you have natural endorphins and I started writing down things that what's important. What's important to you, John? That's, that's what I'm getting at. And I wanted to close close with that statement to help with this mental awareness thing yeah find what's important man that and you know what that that makes sense and maybe i uh maybe i have to pull up and do do some uh listing of what i do and screen time i've got a big screen time problem you know i've been trying to put it down a little bit because i've got 20 something books that i haven't read and like i'm i'm trying to trying to put it down like if i can put it down for an hour a day that's a start, yeah. you know, it's just like somebody trying to wean themselves off of cigarettes or something like Facebook is addictive, you know, social media um, they know is that. addictive. Oh, those, those algorithms know that. And they want you to constantly be a workhorse and just waste your life on there. TikTok's probably the worst because it's the shortest attention, attention span, but they want you put putting all these hours in to put into their database, and they're using this to sell to advertisers. Like I'm just going to be front with everybody that's listening. Oh yeah, I don't care if it is Spotify or wherever you're listening from or whatever platform you're on. They're they're they know exactly what the people want, and that's why they create that dope and you know dopamine in your prefrontal cortex for that. Oh yeah, dude, write down what's important, man. That's that's what I'm saying. Like you know, Facebook's not paying us. No, no, they, they try, they try and get us to pay so that, so that we can have our posts boosted. Like that's ridiculous. But I found myself like, if I, if I go from the internet, like if I'm doing a search for something because, you know, somebody said, oh, Hey, I think this happened in this year. And I'm like, oh no, it didn't. And I look it up and I'm like, yeah, no, that happened in that year. The first thing I do is I close Chrome and I open up Facebook like, I didn't even mean to open up Facebook. I should have taken that. Yeah. Okay, I found the information I needed, put the phone away. But no, my automatic, like, it, it's almost like Pavlov's dog. Oh, you got your phone in your hand? Go to Facebook. Ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, one thing you were saying is you love sharing memes because, you know, you like to hear how, you know, that or you like to, you know, get a little bit of, of fun out there. So you shared that you yeah. shared that meme yesterday with the wambulance with uh, George Michael and Andrew Andrew Ridgely in the front seat. 
And I made sure to tag you and Andrew in that too. You did. So, um, as you, well, as you saw, I ended up sharing it. But the thing is, is we've got a lot of younger people that work with us now. Yeah. And I saved the picture first. And I'm sitting, at the, I'm sitting at the table, and there's five of us at the table. And I look around the table, and the lady across from me is like, I don't know, five to ten years older. And I, I looked, and I'm like, here, Amy, you're the only one that's going to get this. And she looked and she started, she yeah. started laughing and somebody's like, I might get it. And I'm like, okay, here. And she's like, okay, I don't get it. And I had to, ex- and I had to explain, I'm like, yeah, you, you know, this song or, you know, that song. And she's like, oh, that Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. Careless yeah, Whisper. Careless or, whisper. Yeah. Um, it, it's all over TikTok and they don't even know that's Wham. Right. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, there, there's yeah. so much other stuff where, um, We've, we've got one girl that works with us that's 21 years old and, uh, she, she was spending time. Oh, she's great. Oh yeah. We've got, we got quite a few that are like young like that, but if it didn't happen from 2000 till now, she doesn't, she doesn't know about it. So I would. Yeah. Like pre-internet. Dude, you remember chat rooms? Oh yeah. Like trying to explain that to my kids is like, you know, I talked to complete strangers that could have like murdered me. In 1996, and I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I hope my parents aren't listening because I met some of those people in real life. You know? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I wasn't brave enough to meet up people from the internet. I would have ended up on Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tony DeGraw has gone missing. He's been gone for 10 days yeah. now. <laughs> and it was unsolved. And they're like... <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the mouth drop. It's called. It's a show called Unsolved Mysteries. Of course, it's unsolved. Right. Like, <laughs> um, God, I love that. But yeah, you know, uh, th- that one, that one specific girl. She, you know, I started like I'd, I'd make a comment like, uh, it's not about the, it's not about the coffee in my kitchen. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Have you seen Pulp Fiction?" And she's like, "No, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction." I'm like, "Okay, we're watching Pulp Fiction." And then I'd say something else. Are we happy? <laughs> have, have you seen this? No, I haven't seen that. So every day mm-hmm. I would make every shift that we worked, I would make sure to bring a new movie from home and be like, we're watching this today. <laughs> yeah. Like starting with like mall rats or something. Oh, uh, actually with that one, I had to, uh, with the Kevin Smith, I started with clerks and then I moved to mall rats and then uh, I went into, yeah, clerks first. I went into dogma, the Chinese finger trap. <laughs> oh my God. dude. <laughs> talking about high school days and junior high that was that was it for me of course i think we're the same age right i'm i'm 38 but i think you just uh flipped to 39 or something uh, i turned 39 in january yeah uh w- yeah. when i was talking to joe i i got a little bit in the uh in the moment and forgot that i had had aged up a year uh just like in my other podcast <laughs> i was talking about uh i was talking about mca i call it level up level up yeah see i was talking about mca from beastie boys and i'm like and we're recording today it's may 7th of 2021 and yeah i i was listening back and i'm like should i overdub and i'm like nah forget it i'll leave it there (laughs) you know (laughs) mca got a license to kill (laughs) you know and and that's the thing about content creation rest in peace MCA. rest in peace yeah yeah. but sometimes it's warts and all you know yeah, and that's the thing. Um, Joe's chock full of this, and this is this god awful, useless knowledge database of quotes, memes, movie quotes, TV show quotes, 
it it seems like all of us kind of have that so we throw these wild references at each other and we just go with it man right and hope somebody figures it out (laughs) i didn't realize i would find my peers those are my peers man because i do this like in public with people and people are looking at me and he's like tony you can't say that and i'm like that's what she said (laughs) right kind of like go after it man like yeah but you know i've never made a dime in stand-up comedy but i would starve to death either way (laughs) You know, it's funny. We've we've got because uh, um, I post that the show is from Gary. I live five minutes from Gary. Yeah. But it's like Gar- yeah. Gary is the town that people know because you know it was uh, Gary, Indiana. Gary, Gary, Indiana. Well, there, the music. Yeah, there, there's that yeah. from the musical. There's uh, the the Futurama where uh, the professor's like, even I wouldn't send you to Gary, Indiana. You know, so yeah. um, that and I mean, in the 90s, it was the murder capital of the world. It's not it's not uh, that anymore, but that's because, you know, the population yeah. has dwindled so much. Um, yeah. But so what's your thoughts on Indiana Polis? I mean, Indianapolis, <laughs> Indianapolis. Uh, you yeah. know, they've got the they've got the football team. I'm not into football. They've got the basketball team. I'm not into basketball. Yeah. Uh, there's one concert venue no Reggie Miller, man. No. Uh, well, back then I was a I was a Bulls fan, man. I grew up in Chicago. Oh, MJ. Yeah, him and Pippen. him and Pippen and Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, Stacy King, Steve Kerr. Yeah. You know the. Yeah, Space each, Jam. E- each of the three Pete's. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, I like going down there because uh, th- they do have a nice downtown area. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a little pricey. My wife was actually just down there uh, last week, I think, for uh, she was down there for a class. But it happened to be uh, what's called FDIC, which is the International Fire Department Conference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, all of our friends were down there. So she would get off. A, she would get off a class and then just go hang out with our friends for the rest of the night, which, you know, at least it worked out for her. She didn't have to sit in the freaking uh sit in the hotel room the whole time but um <laughs> i actually i really love south bend you know i mean oh indiana yeah, yeah. i mean the notre dame campus Dude, is beautiful in indiana oh yeah, yeah sweetwater yeah uh i've been there once um trying to think of jelly um <laughs> do you know who doyle dykes is Oh yeah, the, uh, he's also a preacher too. You knew that. I didn't right? know that. No, I just knew him as a On great top guitar of being player. A flat top guitar player. Yeah, yeah. He was also a pastor of a church for a while. Okay, so uh, he, yeah. he plays Godin guitars, and he was there doing mm-hmm. a uh, doing a clinic class, and then he did a free show. That makes sense. You're you're a Tommy Emmanuel fa- uh, fan too. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So he was doing a free show, and all you had to do was go to their website, and it's like I don't know, maybe a seven hundred seat theater, and I got to sit like three rows and watch Doyle Dyke play. But beforehand, I went in and checked around, and it's kind of cool. It's like a Guitar Center on steroids. Yeah, I believe it. It's like the Disneyland for guitar stuff. Like, cause, uh. And you're in the musical area and you start with like keyboards and then you go into like drum sets. Then there's uh, like, yeah, they got the department, the the full, they have, they have keyboards in one section and pianos in another. So you can go and buy like 
you know, your Baldwin, like a baby, your grand. Baldwin grands. Yeah. You can get that there. And then yeah. you go around a corner and there's guitars. Then pedals are next to it. Basses. They've got a whole, uh, amp locker room or not amp. I'm sorry. Microphone locker room that you can go into, but then like, because they have so many people that work there, once you get once yeah. you get past the the showcase area, it turns into like a little city, and they've got like cafes and restaurants, and like I want to say there was a bank in there. It was dude, that's like an IKEA in Disney World for guitars. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> wonderful. You know, if you ever get a chance to get up there, uh, it's yeah, it's great. I, I'd have to cross sixty five or seventy five out that way, dude. I haven't been to Illinois in ten years myself, but I went out there and like drove through. Indianapolis. There's a story behind saying that. Uh, my wife's uh, brother, my brother-in-law, um, when they were kids, Corbin, uh, Kentucky was like halfway between like Charlotte and Chicago. Okay. So they had like their parents had joint custody, so they always had to exchange like every other month or something. And they had melted crayons on the back of the dash or something. And you know, their stepdad got mad. So he's like, you have to be quiet this whole ride. So here they are in a six hour car ride. And they saw the sign for Indianapolis and he goes, Oh look, it's Indiana polis. And the kid's like six or something like that. So they, you know, he'll never live it down, but we always make fun of Indianapolis that way. But, oh, that's funny. But uh, it's just rows of corn and windmills, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you know, they say there's more than corn in Indiana. We've got Indiana Beach. Yeah, Indiana Beach was uh, where they went on vacation. Well, not vacation, like on a day trip or something. Yeah. Go dip their toes in the, you know, the lake. Um, yeah, it's uh, for anybody who doesn't know Indiana Beach, it's like uh, miniature Coney Island. Or, I mean, it might be the same size as Coney Island for all I know. They got a couple coasters. They've got, you yeah. know, uh, like the the spinner rides they've got a, a ghost house and stuff like that it, it's a fun place to go you know um yeah. i used well we have uh we have myrtle beach here and myrtle beach is like the gatlinburg of the beach <laughs> oh good golly like if you ever go on the gatlinburg tennessee or pigeon forge it's like that but on the beach. yeah my parents uh my parents live about a half an hour 40 minutes from pigeon forge so oh wow. um they they retired and they ended up moving down there uh just out uh, well if if they go one way, they're a half an hour from Knoxville. They, they go the other way, they're a half an hour from Pigeon Forge. So, yeah, and that's probably an hour to Chattanooga from there too. Yeah, it's not too I it's not imagine. too bad. But yeah, no Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. I was actually I, I was just talking to Blake yesterday because he's planning on going down uh down to Nashville. Nashville and all that. And yeah, he's like, hey, if anybody's gonna be here, and I was like, dude, if I'm going to Tennessee, I'm going to see my parents. I ain't seen him in over a year. And I, t I told him where they lived. Dude, he has a seven string now. I was watching him do some seven string stuff. Oh, see, I need. I was like, I didn't know he, I didn't know he threw down like that. Like it surprised me. Well, I mean, if you think about it, he loves his baritones. Yeah. And the seven string is essentially a baritone with an extra high string. Well, it was originally made for jazz, but after seeing Steve I and Corn, like I went that direction. <laughs> you know, and um, do do you own a seven yourself? I used to have the Schecter uh, Tempest 7. Okay. I used to have a uh, RG7650, uh, and I sold it. Like, every one of them I played is like, you could put trucks underneath it and skate on them. Because then I just can't get my hands around those necks. Yeah, they're, they're the wide. The 8 and 9 strings are just, the 8 and 9 strings, 
God, like everybody that plays those just play like two or three strings. I'm like, just play bass already. Like, right. <laughs> I'm not hating on anybody, but you know, and then I see like Tosa and Abasi, like, you know, use all five fingers to play a chord. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. But then, um, I've, I've got a seven string. I've got, uh, it's a Schechter SGR, you know, their, their low level line. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cause I, I had talked about Tosin and my wife remembered me talking about like, cause he was talking about how to get yourself acquainted to the seventh string. And I told her about that. I'm like, this is a pretty cool interview I read. And then two months later, she's like, Hey, here, take this envelope. Don't open it till you get to guitar center. It's like, okay. Oh. So I went in. Oh man. Yeah. I went in and I'm like, my friend's at the desk and she's like, John, what you doing here? And I said, I don't know. I'm getting whatever's in here. And she's like, Oh, you got a seven string. I'm like, Oh, apparently I have a seven string. So anyways, what I ended up doing because I just, I couldn't get along with that seven string. Just like my hand always wanted to go to a yeah. G chord up at the top and everything sounded off. Yeah. So I did uh, a regular six string with an extra high E and uh, oh yeah, yeah, my band was doing uh, "Losing My Religion" from REM at the time. So, oh, so it sounded like the mandolin parts. Y- yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah I just use those at two high E's as the mandolin part. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mark Tremonti did this with his PRSs, and he did that double dagad with two B's instead of having a B and an E. Okay, he did that. The chorusing, Kim Tell from Soundgarden did this instead of having the the G string, he had two B strings. He doubled down on that. Okay. So there's there's ways to do coursing without doing that. Uh, speaking of which, and then you get um, you can get crazy like the Goo Goo Dolls and and put like a banjo string and have some tenor strings in between. Oh, that's wild! Like I think the dude had like a tenor G string, like what's on the tilt, uh, you know, like a twelve string uh, tenor G string. Like he would put the thinner one on it, and I think it's like a size seven or something like oh, that. Oh wow! And it's just unreal the tonal palette that you can unlock in a fretboard just by string choices. And um, what I was going to tell you about seven strings is really transposing. So you were talking about holding a G chord. Really, you can modify the G chord by doubling down on that D note right behind it. And you could play a fifth behind every chord that you naturally play on the regular six string. Okay. And that would just, it would make it really beefy. Yeah. And it just kind of adds a bass fifth to, you know, whatever you're playing. It would make it deep. That's what I'm getting at. And uh, my favorite baritone, and um, I'm sure Blake's seen Taylor Rose shows, Taylor made an eight-string, and I'm going to say an eight-string, not like a electric eight-string, but an eight-string that had two uh, tenor strings in the middle, but it was tuned B to B like a six-string, but the middle the middle two strings was an A and D that was doubled like a 12-string guitar. Interesting. And it sounded like you played a bass, a 12-string, and the regular gu- guitar all in one acoustic. It was just amazing. And what was that dude? And now Guild has one. What was that dude's name? It's called an eight-string. Uh, oh, you, you were talking about Blake. No, no, no. What's for, the what's um, the what's the name of the guy that played that? You you just said it. I don't know. I don't know if there's. I don't know if that's an actual artist that plays it. Oh, you said it's a Taylor Rose shows. Oh, Taylor guitars the acoustic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's something that they put together. Okay, I'm. I'm the the way the yeah. way you said it. I, I I thought it was some dude's name. <laughs> No, sorry. Uh, Guild uh, is now making an eight string that kind of mimics that, and that's more the budget one. But that that Taylor was like two grand, 
But I, I would say it was worth it because of the wood choice and everything they made it out of. I think it was koa and um, maple and spruce. Okay. It was just unbelievable sounding. It was very deep. Like, um, I would think of bands that would do acoustic sets like Demon Hunter or something like that would actually play that. And that, that would be great for their setup because they play B2B. And they play B2B because of the band Prague. So. Right. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah. I've got myself, I've got one guitar that uh, it's actually, it's my wedding guitar. Uh, we ended up getting our wedding money, you know, and uh, she went out and, and got a, uh, a kitchen made mixer. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, you spent all that money on a mixer. I saw this guitar I like, and it's just a Squire Bullet Telecaster. Yeah. But what I ended up doing is I strung it up Nashville tuning. So I've got I've got that for if, you know, I need that extra sparkle on top of something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's almost like the Keith tuning for Rolling Stones, isn't no, it? No, Nashville tuning is, uh, so you take your 12 string. And yeah. the strings that would go on the normal six string, you just toss away and you take all the highs. Oh, all the tenor strings, as I call them. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just full tenor strings and it's tuned EAD, GBE. So it's like, it's almost electric ukulele kind of. <laughs> it, it is. It's very, it's very high pitched. But the nice thing is like, if you don't want to play a 12 string and get that, full thing going on all the time but you just want to add in a little bit here or a little bit there you just pull it out yeah. hit a chord hit a chord and you know it's good you know you don't have to be like tom petty out there with a rickenbacker the whole time <laughs> yeah and it has such a chime when you play 12 strings like because everything's kind of doubled down mm -hmm. there's so much sustain going on that you're like ooh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to palm mute all those strings too oh yeah <laughs> it is yeah so, um, but, uh, I used to have a few 12 strings. I had one that was actually autographed by Dennis Anderson and then I broke the neck on it and oh, like no. a baby. I was like 16 years old when I did that. Um, I've yeah. never, I've never myself owned a 12 string, but I worked at a guitar shop for eight years. So I always had one on hand uh, you, <laughs> five yeah. days a week, you know, and playing uh wish you were here by Pink Floyd. Yes, <laughs> definitely. It seems like it'd be. Yeah, everybody pulled that one out. Um, uh, probably no Mr. Tambourine Man or uh, nothing like that. But uh, yeah, no, I never, I never ended up doing any birds, Dylan, anything like that. Uh, yeah, I would. It, it's funny, like um, I would play around on grunge songs, like you know, play <laughs> play like about a girl from Nirvana, but on a twelve string. It's really Dude, pretty. <laughs> yes. I covered that song a lot. Yeah, it would. It it would be weird to win the um, solo on that too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That is the do 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 um, yeah. and it's funny I, what they did three songs of theirs and they all came off the, their second album. Like, yeah. like Kurt, Kurt just <laughs> loved their second album for some, for some reason. But it was also, yeah. it was also that show that I think opened up a lot of younger people's eyes to who lead belly is. Yeah. And even like what I call the real Seattle sound, you know, like Melvin mm -hmm. stuff like Melvin's that. and Tad yeah. and L seven. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, being a 90s baby. I was a half 80s baby and mostly 90s baby. That's why I tell most of them, but still a Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is your Ghostbuster? Uh, Peter Vakeman. All day, because of Bill Murray. Because of Bill Murray. Bill Murray's my favorite actor. Yeah. So, I'd say mine is Ray, and the reason mine is Ray is because of the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Ray in, you know, the real Ghostbusters was literally the heart of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. And he was also Mr. Fix-It. Now, Egon was the mad scientist, obviously, but uh, Ray would have the grips of reality instead of just the crazy unknown, you know? Right. Uh, Ray in the movie was the occultist and the guy with the mystic arts and kind of the mystery science that went with everything. Which is funny and because that, that's, that's that's who Dan is in real life. He wrote his life experience and his family's, you know, his family living on the farm experience on top of, um, you know, ghost hunting and supernatural experiences i've have i had supernatural experiences but for me that um that when i talk to people about what i call the demonic realm mm-hmm. um there's you know i mean if you actually read paradise lost or if you actually read uh the book of job or um or ezekiel you'll see that you know there's fallen angels and they're deceptive and they use rays of light to pretty much create a a, a light show and what um oh this is funny and they were um they were getting evicted because they were basically shutting down the grid and uh (laughs) epa was shutting them down they're like they're just you know seducing everybody with this amazing light show yeah you know and that's what dan was actually writing into that that you know he's had those experiences and stuff like that too but that's what really got my grip with um um kind of getting people to relate to the supernatural realm uh kind of based around my faith and everything too it's not that you know um those things don't really happen but i know people that had you know similar experiences like i had and and could share that that's the reason why my love for ghostbusters and the nostalgia of it uh all the kenner toys the real ghostbusters cartoon um I still want an Ecto-1. I still want a Proton Pack. It's crazy, dude. I can run around all day citing both scripts from both movies. It's just, uh, it has always been integrated in my lifestyle. My wife has never seen the Ghostbusters movie, ever. She's only seen it in pieces. Oh, no. Her movies are like Forrest Gump and Clueless. Okay. You know, being like kind of the yeah, 90s baby kind of thing. But uh, uh, honestly, like I just try to put those like, Kevin Bacon connections to like all the movies and everything like that. And um, you probably didn't know that uh, even the Vakeman role was really supposed to be uh, John Belushi. Yeah, but he ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And dude choked on the sandwich and died, man. Like, you know, and I really appreciated Blues Brothers and, and that stuff too. And I really appreciated all the different uh, things with Stripes and Caddyshack and all that slapstick style comedy. People don't realize Ghostbusters Ghostbusters is really set up as a comedy. It's not really set up as a horror film or, you know, like mystery science or anything like that. It's really set up as a comedy. So when they came out with um, uh, Answer the Call in 2016, it was really bridesmaids with proton packs. It was really set up for comedy. So I really agree with that, even though it's not canon to the rest of the Ghostbusters. But uh, when they did Afterlife and... um, 
dude. Like that's a tearjerker for me. Dude, I love that flick. People didn't realize. Yeah, I was emotionally attached uh, to Ghostbusters, so seeing that really don't want to spoil the movie for anybody, but it's a must see for for anybody really. Yeah, and if you're uh, if you're any type of a little dork or a weirdo, you're gonna love Phoebe. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a character name. Guess what? Podcast. Yes, there is a character named Podcast. Yeah. And he finds his voice on uh, uh, episode forty six. So when you get to John, when you get to episode forty six, and when I get to episode forty six, we need to quote that somehow. <laughs> that we, you know, finally find our voice. I really found. Yeah, I don't know if I found my voice yet. I'm still looking for it. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I'm I'm still working on it. And the other podcast I've been doing, uh, we've been recording for about a year now, but. We just started putting it out because I was like, I'm tired of sitting on it. Like, that's the one with Steve. Yeah, yeah. You do you. 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 I was, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been sitting on it for so long, and it's like, nah. I gotta. I'm just gonna keep sitting on it, and he's gonna keep sitting on it (laughs) if I don't start putting it out. So, yeah, just do it, man. Like, I hate to throw that Nike thing out there, but you know. Like, just get her done, man. Pitter-patter. Right. So, um, do you have anything to anything to promote? You have anything fun coming up on the on the next podcast, e- either or? Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's the bad thing about it, because I put things into place, and we really just wing it, man. Like, that whole page is about being ad-lib, and... Texas State Boggle Champs. Uh, we got something coming every week. It's just literally chronologically the. I think we're on season one, episode nine. On the next one, that's with a uh, Joseph O'Rourke. Like my pedals, just surprised me. Masters of the Cinematic Universe. He's my co-host in Texas State Boggle Champs. Um, I've still yet to. I've still yet to get you on there on the TSP podcast, John. Hey, we'll get it done. Yeah. Um. Have you got you guys? Have you recorded episode nine yet? Yeah, we did it already. Oh, so you know that's the Boggle Champs episode then? I'm not giving away the I'm not giving away all the juicy details, but man, that that episode alone, uh, dude, we had so much fun with that episode. I hope you didn't leave a ring on your coffee table. Uh, no, I I would I would somehow find all my allowance money to figure out how to fix it <laughs> wait you think you think of the solution <laughs> well dude it's been yeah. it's been great talking to you i yeah man. i hope that you know the rest of your year is happy healthy and blessed man yeah same to you john and uh as always man i'm always i'm always around to help so if you guys can find me on anywhere any platform i'm everywhere not not trying to be omnipotent i'm just everywhere because i'm uh, putting stuff out there for people to enjoy, whether it's memes, uh, podcasts, um, live music, <laughs> whatever, like video content, all yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm just having fun, man, making the most of life. For Tony DeGraw, this is John Schick. This has yeah. been Staging a Podcast. Thanks for listening.